Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Success in Accounting. Sponsored by Dext. Welcome to our Influencers in Accounting podcast, one of five going out as part of the Accounting Influencers Podcast Network, which shows going out every day of the working week to accounting professionals all over the world in 150 countries. And in a part two, we have Brian Williams here from Hockey Stick Advisory. Brian, good day to you. Hi, Rob. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Brian, we had you last time talking about strategic partnerships, a wonderful episode with some great insights for accountants and the ecosystem that surrounds them and how they can be more intentional with the partnerships and why it's the future. And this is very much part of your world, isn't it? Just explain briefly to our listeners what you do. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Um, Hockey Stick Advisory, my, my role is as the founder is to help companies uh, build out their partnership ecosystem muscle. And so effectively, they don't have to grow it alone. And so whether that's uh, building up partnerships across marketing, comms, operations, alongside their sales team, um, alongside their product and enhancing or filling gaps they don't have, I'm helping companies go faster with a partnership uh, approach. And you've got previous in this, as we say in the UK, a, a previous criminal record. We say he's got previous, but you've got previous because you did this with zero, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. So I, I led zero's ecosystem uh, across Australia and New Zealand for five years, and I led a team there helping connect more um, applications of a zero platform across financial services, small business apps, and bookkeeping and accounting apps to run more efficient firms. Tell us more about your experience building Zero's app community. It's massive, isn't it, Brian? And you chose to focus on that, really build it out. Yeah, so community was a really uh, strong enabler for us to be able to reach scale and to be able to go faster and do more. And as you get bigger and want to offer more, you, you actually have to need to move from a one-to-one to a one-to-many approach. But not only a one-to-many, you're actually the benefit of community, which we'll get to, you're actually able to get to connect to the community and the many which I spoke of to help enable each other. And that's the power of community of what it can bring together. If you picture any football club or sporting uh, sporting club of any sort or any sort of whatever your interests are, which which keep you busy, um, it's it's a surrounded by a community and the collective group that you're interested in or, or the club itself is all better by everyone contributing across the board. I'm thinking of back in the days before social media and digital, a community would be a neighborhood. You would know the people that lived on your street or maybe the people that you're at work with, or maybe you went to a social club or a pub or a bar or you had a common interest. But Community is different now. How would you define it in your dictionary of life and business, Brian? Yeah, so communities are a collective group um, of individuals or organizations all together for a common cause. And so what you're effectively trying to do is build an army of advocates, of people who are engaged, who log in, who are all working towards a similar mission or cause of what your, your potentially your software or your firm uh, can offer um, ahead. And so... The community itself is an extension of your sales team, of your organization, is able to drive forward uh, the mission of what you're trying to achieve, as well as help them win or help them help them achieve what they're, they're looking to do or aspire towards or whatever they follow, uh, which they choose to. And for accounting firms, is community relevant? I do look on LinkedIn and see that a certain firm, a corporate brand has this many followers. I'm not sure if accounting firms are on Facebook so much where you would envisit communities live, but... How important is it for accounting firms to think about community? Yeah, it is across a bunch of uh, touch points. So to start off with, um, most accountants would go to conferences of various sorts throughout the year. They're effectively a community gathering of information and sharing ideas. And, and the so magic that's a community of peers, perhaps? Or... 
Yeah. The partnership ecosystem you mentioned in the last episode, maybe. Yeah, that's right. Or for their small um, small business clients or clients alike, they're all going to be members of associations or collective groups. Um, they might be members of, of subgroups. If they're located in a certain town, they're going to be members of various community groups um, together at some stage. And so if you're able to offer more to your clients to go above and beyond to offer white glove service or really absolutely nail your value proposition of whatever you offer today, not only are you part of community in various touch points, your clients are also going to be part of those communities as well. And so how can you, how can you have your number one fan um, in the sporting environment and how can you build an army of those uh, alongside you, um, which is able to sort of um, bring forward information, you know, the days gone by where, it used to be telephone support um, and easy to access people and it moved towards online support or offshore support, which um, is typically frowned upon or not great experience. And, and today, a lot of tech companies are actually um, community first um, beyond actually trying to go find the answer. So you can go ask whether it's a Facebook group or a Slack group or wherever the audience is, it's like, hey, I'm trying to do this. Who wants to, how can I get some help? And the community will get involved and actually help engage with that. And so uh, there's, you know, there's an increasing many touch points. In, in the US, they're calling it community-led growth. It's been around for generations in various touch points. It's now got a label or a sticker on it, um, but it's definitely coming to the forefront as a strategic asset. Community-led growth. It sounds like the perfect storm. I'm just thinking of Apple, and you mentioned a great example of Apple in the last episode on partnerships, but Apple were the first company I saw to have evangelists. Yes. And this army of advocates and fans and champions that were pure Apple uh, endorsers. And this community-led growth is growing this list. It's the perfect stone. Why is it now? Why is it happening like this, Brian? Yeah, so interesting. Um, last week in Boston, HubSpot held their uh, annual conference. Um, HubSpot been global-leading CRM, uh, amongst other things, of a suite of uh, services they offer. And, and the main theme... Uh, coming out of that off, uh, conference was community. And the reason why uh, they sort of talk to the power of it now is that we're increasingly disconnected as we're increasingly connected. And so we're in a world where uh, the answer is always just on a phone or a search away. We don't have to ask anyone, uh, you know, for the question anymore. It's just at our fingertips. And so the community is actually just, um, you know, human essence at heart of engaging, bringing people together for a common cause. And so as we, as we spend more time on devices, as we spend uh, more time having information or not needing to, and, you know, all of us in various comp uh, places around the world have been in lockdowns in the recent years or restricted from travel or getting to the office as much as we'd like or, or we should, maybe. Um, Community is actually able to bring all that together and keep that magic of, of human connection. So accountants themselves will be members of communities and networks it seems appropriate for them to build a community of their own client base. So those clients come together and the common element is that accountant or that firm. So talk to us about some of the benefits of growing, developing a community, Brian. Yeah, so we, we spoke about advocacy and having that sort of flywheel approach of like the more of those people talk about it, then you'll get some more word of mouth. And, you know, from previous, my previous role at Zero it was always, I'd chat to accountants and bookkeepers across the region. They'd say, oh, word of mouth is still strong. And so... How do you amplify your community to be able to bring in some of those word of mouth um, sort of referrals to come in? So there's opportunities to go there. It's opportunities to sort of bring in new audience around it. One of the metrics of, to measure a community is that you kind of want your community growth to grow higher than, than your natural rate of new customers, which you've come, got coming in. So you're growing your audience base effectively and who's around it. Also, if, if, if your clients or the community you're building grow, 
are spending time in amongst your community of, of whatever that is, or even think about the, the where you spend your time, whether the footy club or, or like that as well. It's energy, effort, and information in a digital age where there's way too much information for us to consume, but you're focusing on your community and not elsewhere. And so there's an opportunity cost for, for people's attention, uh, literally. And if they're able to be engaged with, with you uh, wherever and in an environment wherever they are, um, you're able to bring them forward but for, in, in your interest, but also helping them win together and not elsewhere. I love the idea of building a, a, a community beyond your own client base, because that speaks to your pipeline, doesn't it? That's future business opportunities right there. Yeah, that's right. And so it's people you don't have to go and chase because you've already brought them into the sort of the funnel effectively. And then you've got these advocates in there talking about how good it is and helping solving it. And they want to be a part of it, right? You help companies build community as a strategic asset. Talk to us about how important that is because that's a, an increasingly recognized term, isn't it? Yeah, increasingly. And um, I think in the current economic conditions with increasingly uh, limited resource and how you can do more with less, there's pressures on CAC to cost to acquire customers. There's, uh, there's still big targets on top line growth to go about it. And so how can you protect, retain and grow your current clients today or make sure you, that they're with you for the long haul, that they're looked after, that they're in regular contact, that they are um, thinking about you and talking about you. It's a lot of your marketing efforts done already. And so it, it is a strategic asset which, which companies can build, foster and, and water effectively. Um, to keep the sort of the longevity of the business growing through and keeping those clients talking about you. Presumably with an asset, Brian, you can sell it as well. That's right. Yeah. And we've seen a number of examples, especially in the US market. There's one podcast in particular, the Millennials podcast. It got acquired by HubSpot after having over a million customers listen to their podcast, <clears throat> engage in their community, active a part of it. And so there's a million customers which HubSpot just kind of bought. They bought the company, but they got the, the, the customers and the clients. And they keep it going. They foster it and water it. But what an amazing way. And there's been a few acquisitions like that. And it's effectively what it is in the modern days. It's the very top of the funnel. You've you brought clients in, you've got you've got them engaged, you're talking about them, you're able to talk about how your service is around it and, and to be able to and be able to um, progress that way. And so it's increasingly being a, a, an asset which a lot of are investing in. Well, when we get to a million listeners of our podcast, I'll give HubSpot a call and uh, <laughs> see how that conversation goes. What about the accountants listening? Brian, that say, well, I've already got a network. Isn't that community? I've already got some clients. I occasionally bring them together for the odd advisory board. Is that a community? And if not, how would they turn that into a community? How did it get started? Yeah, so I suppose it's a question to start off with is how engaged on what audiences and, <clears throat> and where do your clients hang out? And so that's where the community should be based um, around it. You want to make it easy and frictionless. And then, and then you need to sort of have a bit of a strategy and think around like, well, how do you want to reach out? How often do you want to be in touch around it? Because um, you're going to get good, bad and ugly feedback, but it's going to help you grow and make you stand by your principles, your values, and also the services you deliver to take forward. So it's a really good accountability piece. And so <clears throat> to start off with, you know, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be massive or have a massive following. You can start off with having to think about who to call. If you're going to build an advisory board for your business today, who would you lean on around it? And if you're looking for the core clients who really love your services or are happy to give you a review or talk about you or have referred people, get them involved actively to help spur it. And they're the ones who you want to be effectively the power user and be answering questions in there to be able to you know provide feedback to be able to come along to events if you choose that route organize components produce content and start to build it from there and it's an investment over time that you want to keep growing and outstripping your current growth and, and something that works alongside um other initiatives or marketing and sales efforts to go with what's in it for a community member brian 
to be part of, say, an accountant's community or user base or fan base. Yeah, so you need to have clear um, objectives of why they would hang out there and you don't want them to sort of have a look and then just not come back. And so it needs to be engaging. You need to have it make sure it's a safe environment where they feel they can be vulnerable and ask questions or, or around it. You also want to create an environment where they can contribute and help others as well and feel part of it. And so what you're effectively building the inner sanctum of, of a footy club style environment where everyone feels they can be a part of something. They can add value. They feel valued. They learn something. They might upskill, cross-skill, connect with others. You'll be able to ask more questions. It's a live, living, breathing networking opportunity that you need to harness and grow. And so when you're sort of looking through mapping around what does it look like, you need to think, <clears throat> what what is in it and define that rob and lead with that like why would someone come and why would they stay and would they stay in 12 months or you know what's around what's in it for them and so you, you've got to grow that over time i love that uh, and as a former high school maths teacher i love spreadsheets and thinking of our accounting audience they love the metrics they love the numbers they love the data are there are there kpis out there where we can measure the impact of a community yeah so the common one is uh, members community members over time um, numbers of posts, numbers of engagements to go with it. Um, the positivity, you can measure sentiment and NPS really easily um, around to go with it. Um, you want to look and cross-reference against your current business sales growth and sort of um, being the accountants and the data and the reports. You want to sort of overlay what is the community sentiment or growth against your current sales growth and what does that look like as a, as a trend line over time. And the idea is to is to build and foster it like in the same way you build and foster and grow your business. I'm just thinking back in the day, a community would meet in a pub or a bar. It would be in person. But when you talk about metrics like the number of posts and the number of engagement, a community needs a place to live, doesn't it? How do you go about choosing where your community will reside? You shouldn't probably, you should just choose wherever your community hangs out today. So it's easy and frictionless. If you're a bunch of Facebook users, make it easy for them on Facebook. Uh, the crypto world live in various uh, Discord, Telegraph or other components where they're able to spin up projects, ideas and initiatives to go with it. Um, and so wherever that community is, use the relevant tech or connectivity um, to sort of bring that to life. Are there any rules about moderating or controlling or policing a community? Because once you let them go and you unleash the beast, if you like, who knows what happens in there? Yeah, very much so. Um, you know, it is recommended to have a community manager or someone who's in charge. You also don't want a, a receptionist style person who gets tagged all the time. And what about this? And what about that? It kind of becomes like a hotline number to go with it. And so with that, you, you would have rules of engagements in order and potentially qualifying criteria in order to 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 enter and be a part of it and you'll have um some governance to go with it around what's acceptable behavior and what's not and be very clear and uphold that in the same way you've got company values to go with it additionally some of those uh power users and advocates and those who regularly engage give them the power to be if not admins moderators and so they can start to control the narrative to go with it but with the with the idea like an organization has a culture and which is a living heartbeat which is never set and done. It needs to be fed and watered and and, and shape the future of the group of what it can and can't be. You don't want it to be a bunch of complaints error or a shortcut areas of complaints or <clears throat> upsets or components. You want to be able to share ideas, add value to each and every one member and make it a safe place where everybody can learn, grow and prosper. Your power users, as you call them, they can model acceptable behavior, can't they? So they set the tone. Yeah, that's right. As well as produce content or spur ideas or, or start debates of like constructive uh, discussion around best practice or what not to do or how to save time or technology they like etc there's a whole range of areas that they can sort of really uh, moderate in, in its essence we've all seen communities where 
people have tried to get the plane off the ground. And I, I don't know if you know this, Brian, but a, an airplane takes about a third of its fuel to get a mile into the air. And just getting that beast off the ground with all that tonnage, it, it's hard work. It's a lot of heavy lifting. And a lot of communities have started with the best of intention, the best of ideas, and even a few good advocates, but it's just faded out. We know in podcasts, very few podcasts get beyond 12 episodes. So there's that initial intention and momentum, but it, it does out. So have you got any tips for activating a community and, and building it up and keeping it going? Yeah, so there's a few stages there. And um, well articulated, Rob, I like the plane analogy. Um, I suppose to kick off with, you need to have some sort of launch components or get some of those early users to get going. And so if you can bring in a Halo member or someone who can attract a large audience to start off with is a great sort of igniter and catalyst that can sort of get going. Beyond there, to keep it going, it's about adding value and relevance to the audience of what you're bringing in. You also don't want to grow a community of the wrong type of people or people who aren't going to engage and be passengers to go with it. There's, there's a bit of a rule in communities that it's about 95-5 rule, not the 80-20 that we all know. Oh, yeah. There might be 5% of people who are going to be ongoing, moderating, adding content, Reddit, Facebook groups, any groups that you're in currently, you could think of probably a few people top of mind who are always commenting around that as well. And so you want to make sure you, you steer a narrative of adding value ongoing, that the content's rich enough, it's covering enough rich enough content, <clears throat> crowdsource a bunch of feedback. Is this relevant to you? What else would you like to hear? Go out to the audience of what you're doing. And so you, you do ace, able to produce a flywheel. They're telling you what you want to hear. You're delivering on it. You're engaging with it. You're keeping it interactive and you're time and time again. And then they're effectively becoming members of your footy club beyond someone to log in and sort of checking out your community and then sort of just leaving or sitting in the background idle. That's what you don't want. How can you be a good community member? Yeah, I think uh, playing by the rules of governance of what the community is about, you know, making sure that it is relevant. If, if it's not relevant to you, you're not going to spend much time there. You'll just drop off by default, right? That makes sense. And so you see it on LinkedIn a lot. A lot of people, there's a lot of passengers or people sort of just fly along, but why not comment, engage or ask questions to, to go with component and spur debate or or question components or give compliments accordingly. So just, just get involved. You might learn something or you might need, meet some new people. We have the Accounting Influencers Roundtable, which is a small community of uh, people that sell to and through accountants and serve the accounting profession. You know about this group. And uh, we have identified lurkers and likers. So the lurkers just hang around in the background. They don't do too much. They don't engage too much. They don't show up too much. But then there are the likers that will put a like and will put a comment and will participate. And isn't it strange, Brian, that they're the ones that get the most out of the group and create the most commercial opportunities and the best partnerships? Yeah, and they're often the most informed as well, Rob. It's interesting that there's a, you know, some people are happy to to participate and be part of and others just want to be informed. It's nearly, but in, in that environment, they're probably not also getting as much out of it if they did participate. Because in that instance, they're just consuming and not asking questions. They're watching a TV news bulletin and just sitting back and watching it. But if they were able to ask back, and it is very much a two-way conversation opportunity with a lot of people able to provide uh, questions and answers and debate uh, they would probably also equally get a lot more out of it um, so anyone if you are a lurker or a liker I encourage you just to get involved ask a few more questions connect with a few more people and, and broaden and deepen your network i'm going to ask you one more question with the crystal ball in a minute brian but we will put your contact details your bio you into our show notes so people can reach out to you because you help companies and firms build out their communities and their partnership networks as strategic assets, don't you? Yeah, that's right, Rob. It's one of the services I sort of offer and I've seen the benefits come to life and it's been something that I've, I've previously had uh, success building Zero's app uh, ecosystem down here and 
in the APAC region. So it's something I want to help other companies uh, bring to life and invest in. And uh, the whole space down here, community managers in tech weren't a thing just not that long ago. And now there's a there's a whole flurry of them. There's a, there's a group in Australia with over 120 community managers. It's a community manager group of community managers, Rob. And um, it's crazy. It's only sort of been going a year, but the appetite of it, and th this wouldn't exist a few years ago. And I'm sure it's going to keep ramping up. And so, um, you know, it, it's people aren't doing it because it's nice to have it. It's a, it's a great way to connect and grow with their customer base. Well, that's insane at what is happening right now. What do you think is going to be happening with communities in five years if you and I are having this conversation? Well, I think the interconnectivity, you can't hide anymore. And so everyone's um, accessible at any time, even right now, across various mediums, sources, um, connectivity, chats, or whatever. And so the interconnectivity of it is only going to amplify low code, no code, the technology is getting better. And so everyone's got a customizable tech stack in their pocket around it. And so I think the intentionality of how people spend their time is going to magnify in time. And at the heart of it, it's the communities which connect um, people to go about it. Like when was the last time you went to a restaurant in a new city, which you didn't ask a colleague that was in town, a friend who had been there before, or sort of someone had recommended it rather than just a walk and go find somewhere for dinner or when you're going on holidays to a destination or asking friends around where it's good to go about it. You've got no idea of what they recommend, but that you, you trust them. And so it's the communities which empowers that. And so I think it's going to shape decision-making increasingly. And the fact that the likes of HubSpot's leading with it at their global conference is reaffirming. It's not It's not in five years' time. It's, it's right now. And I was just thinking as, as a final point, Brian, here in this fascinating conversation that with the challenge of the pandemic and people getting isolated socially and digitally, now is a great time to be a part of something. We don't want to be out of the loop. Accounting firms belong to networks and associations. Individuals belong to professional institutes and organizations. We plug into communities. There's a FOMO, isn't there, as well? You don't want to miss out. You don't want to be uninformed. You want to be able to peer over the garden wall and see what other people are doing, uh, whether it's a church or a, a neighborhood community. There's WhatsApp groups now and there's neighborhood Facebook groups. Community is happening. Yeah, 100% across the board. And they're, they're micro communities as well. They're often small groups um, of a subset of, of like-minded people. And um, whatever your challenges are or whatever your success is, there's going to be a lot of other people out there in similar environments who are also going through the same thing. And, and for a community, you're able to bring that together, share ideas and, and help everyone win and find your people accordingly, right? Um and so we encourage once again the, the lurkers and likers to start commenting, reaching out, uh, get involved and, and, and benefit um, of the opportunities which exist. And quickly, Brian, why should accounting professionals care? Because you can grow beyond of word of mouth from now on, whether it's for yourself and your firm and to learn to be able to grow forward. But you can also help your clients and connect them into communities or empower them to be advocates within their communities to help your business grow. If, you're, if your word of mouth has been your traditional method, then why don't you pour fire on it, offering more to your clients help them and find out where they hang out and your business is in good stead for the future. Accountants are always being asked to step up with their commercial acumen and their business awareness and their market intelligence and communities is a great way to glean all of that from the people that know you well. Brian Williams, this has been fascinating. Thank you so much for your passion and your expertise on this topic of community today. Thanks, Rob. Um, been great to chat. improve your practice while decreasing how hard you work to make your firm really fly. Sponsored by Dext.